Your victory, 91.5. Good morning. Reisenstein victory, 91.5. Victory Partner Days begins on Monday. Very exciting that we get to meet all of you and 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 say thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what Victory Partner Days is, is about. It's obviously, you know, this is the second time of the year that you get to partner with us financially, but we get to thank you for that. Uh, do, you, do you want to speak into that for just a second? Because it's coming up on Monday. Oh, it's just going to be amazing. We, I love, love, love uh, Victory Partner Days because we have partners. Mm-hmm. You know, you you never really get to to think about that. You're just listening to the music and the teaching and the announcers. But the heart and soul of what uh, this is 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 people that sow into this, mm-hmm. pray into this, mm-hmm. and are partners with us. And you know, it's it's kind of the, the marriage when you only you work with like one of the spouse, but not the other. And but you get the benefits of all that other one and so that's kind of like like what this is this is different this is a different kind of ministry if you're listening this morning you're not going to get this anywhere else (laughs) and and that's that's one of the things that we thank you for Mm -hmm. is allowing us the opportunity to bring you different music to bring you different teaching to bring you the teaching that you hear on sunday morning that you're not going to hear anywhere else I mean, unless you're at that guy's church. <laughs> which, which, incidentally, this Sunday morning, if you listen to the Revolution Church sermon, guess who you're going to hear? What? David! What? <laughs> I went and saw him live, but you'll get to hear the, one of the sermons, whatever. Uh, did you pick any particular sermon of those the three? Um, the same one, but... It, it's, the, it's the one that you saw. Ah, sweet. You're going to love it. It was awesome. Yep. Well, so, we're, uh, we're honored that you were there. Mm-hmm. So, so this Sunday morning, 8 o'clock, uh, the Revolution Church sermon will feature our own David Stein, and you're going to love it. Kicking and a perfect word for this year too. Mm-hmm. Goes wonderful with everything we're going there. So, right, Ray is in. Ray is our general manager. He's in teaching on Yom Kippur. So as we talk about Yom Kippur, we talked about a bull. They sacrifice a bull that covers the the all the sins of the priesthood, right? So, but that doesn't cover the people. So when God set this up, there are two goats that represent the people. Now, normally you think sheep and goats, goats are bad, sheep are good, but in a sense, both goats are are representing the dying, are representing Jesus, are doing something that represents dying for our sins. And I want to throw into this as well in a very real way so that you understand that we're not just talking about goats here and saying that we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about you and me, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we always look in the 10 days from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, the days of awe, what happens in those 10 days? And because that has a lot of effect on what's coming in the new year. And we'll be talking more into that realm in the, in the hours ahead. But one of the more significant ones, there's always a death. Somebody famous dies, always, during the days of awe. I don't know why. I'm just saying it happens. And this one happened, a lot of times it's a really profoundly good person. This one's not. This is Hugh Hefner, um, one of the most vile people to ever live, I think. He had one of the most horrible impact on the nations mm-hmm. and on America and on um, uh, perverseness and just uh, yeah. we could go on and on and on just that bad they died yesterday so that happened and so that's the one so uh, in the same sense he was the same age as my mother they were both born in 1926 my mom died last year at this time he died this year so uh, he's 91 she died when she was 90 uh, she loved loved the Lord but she spent a lot of time in her life where she did not she fell away he never loved the Lord grew up in a Christian home but he pursued evil and as much as he could 
So I want to contrast that as we're looking at these two goats. So I'm going to just refer back to this as we talk about these, this part of this, uh, the Day of Atonement. So the, the priest finishes with the bull, and uh, Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin. This is Leviticus 16. Uh, uh, so the priesthood is covered. Then he's to take two goats, present them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. He's to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord, the other for the scapegoat. All right, mm-hmm. so they have two roles to play. High priest <clears throat> puts uh, his hands into a wooden case, took out two labels, one inscribed for Yahweh, the other for absolute removal. Think mm-hmm. about that. For Azazel is the word. Absolute removal. If that sounds bad, it is bad. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord, sacrifice it for a sin offering. But the goat chosen by lot as a scapegoat shall be prepared, presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. He's to lay both hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, mm. all their sins, and put them on the goat's head. So he lays his hands on this goat, and just all the sins that Israel's committed, that you're, he lays it on them. Mm. It's now your sins. Goat, you're now responsible <laughs> for these sins. Uh, unusual reality, but this is what God says to do. He shall send the goat away into the wilderness in the care of someone appointed for the task. The goat will carry on itself all their sins to a remote place, and the man shall release it into the wilderness. Now, I should tell you that sometimes the Bible puts things in a very sweet way. That would be one of them. Uh, in reality, he throws it over a cliff. Mm. So when he releases it into the wilderness, <laughs> you're released. <laughs> ah! So, but, but that's the reality. I want you to get that picture because that one is for absolute removal. Mm. That's your scapegoat. So I want you to, to think about this, this journey of lives from my mom and, and for Hugh Hefner both. So they both grow up, start in a church that is just so legalistic, so uh, that neither one of them can find God there. My mom does, but, you know, it's a relationship that doesn't hold her because there's so many, all the things that happen to her uh, turn her heart bitter. And so she goes through, you know, decades of running away from God. Hugh Hefner says, you know, I've seen that. If that's God, I want the other thing. And he goes full bore after it, all right? But so here's the thing you have to realize that they're both this scapegoat. They're both journeying through time. There's a time where my mom's doing fine. Then there's a time when she's not doing fine where because of her life decisions, she's on her way to be thrown off a cliff, in a sense. In other words, her destiny could be very, very bad. And she's journeying that way and, of course, the goat doesn't know that. He said all these sins laid on him. He's just walking along with his friend, not knowing <laughs> that a cliff is awaiting him. And this is the reality that we want you to get today is that in each one of our lives, uh, that's the story. We're on our way somewhere. We're on a journey, uh, the sacrifice or the casting off. So both goats end up dying so that the people's sins would be Forgiven one, the sin, the the blood is on the mercy seat. The second's the scapegoat. So, in the same way, Christians ask for forgiveness of sins. There's confession. There's confession. This is an interesting miracle in, in the Talmud, which is the book that, other than the Bible, the the Jews have a book that that's written down all the other stuff that went on, basically. So there was a strip of scarlet dyed wool was tied to the head of that scapegoat that went mm. into the wilderness, right? And it would turn white 
as soon as the goat was thrown over the precipice as a sign that the sins of the people were forgiven. Wow. And that person who was with him had to see that to, to convey back your sins have been forgiven. Wow. Now, this is a reality. Historically, they wrote this down. They marked it down. Mm. So it didn't always turn white. <laughs> That's the bad news. Mm. Beginning, the sacrifice wasn't always accepted. It wasn't always accepted. Mm. Beginning <laughs> with the death and resurrection of Jesus, it never turned white again. The Talmud bears record to a spiritual decay among the people. So if you ask the Jews why this happened, this is their answer. The even murders became so widespread after the time of Jesus uh, that the Sanhedrin, they didn't adjudicate capital crimes. In other words, murder is not a, not a crime anymore because there's just too many of them. Wow. So this is when Jesus came. This is the wickedness of the people in that time. And so... The, they say, well, that's why it didn't turn white. The reality, of course, is the scapegoat had already come. They'd rejected and killed him. The miracle of the thread turning white was to show them and us that if we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive them. Mm -hmm. When Jesus died on the cross, it tore that curtain open, permanent sacrifice made and accepted for everyone forever. Now, while we're on the topic of how this is done, uh, when they go in to sprinkle the blood, it's not just fling blood on it, you had to do it a very special way. And this particular one, the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur, um, as you approach the ark uh, on this day, they said the only way you can sprinkle the blood is uh, kamazlif, as if they were whipping someone. Mm. Think about that. You have to sprinkle it in the motion as if you're whipping someone, mm. which is, of course, Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the the Babylonian Talmud the motion is once upward, seven times downward, aiming to sprinkle neither upwards nor downwards, but Kamaslif making the movement of swinging a whip. Now, there are some that would disagree. They say the word was changed. Now, that's pretty profound either way, but it was the word Kamaslif, like a cross instead <laughs> of like a whip. They crossed. Mm when they were doing it, which is typical way you use a whip. But the obvious implications was just too much, so eventually they changed the word to make it like a whip, which they could live with. They couldn't live with like a cross. So, but the bottom line, this continual sacrifices throughout the year, but Yom Kippur is a reset button. It's push. It's taking sin back to zero. This is a very important day. This is almost like the day you were saved <laughs> when you come to Yom Kippur. It's it's called the Sabbath of Sabbath. It's like the year of Jubilee when you have seven Sabbath years and everything goes back to its original owner. Zechariah 3, 9, I will remove the iniquity of this land in a single day. That's your life right there. Mm -hmm. Is there significance that Yom Kippur falls on the Sabbath? Uh, this year, you mm -hmm. mean? Uh, to me, is there a significance mm -hmm. to that? Um, I would say the only to the degree that this year, if there ever was a year, you've got to learn to rest, that mm -hmm. it's all about God. Because mm -hmm. because of this wall we're going to talk about, mm -hmm. you are just going to run into so many obstacles this year. So many obstacles. And you're going to get tired and frustrated unless you remember that he is your rest. He is the one that's going to do it. You represent Jesus. You are literally <laughs> this one that's going out, anointed mm -hmm. of God to do the work. It's not about you. It's not who you are. It's not what you do. It's not all of those things. It's all about resting in Jesus this year. Mm -hmm. mm. Ray Haynes in talking about the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, 2017. It's Victor 91.5.